Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you on Thursday morning. Where else would you rather be than getting geeky with me? Um, yeah, that was super geeky to say that. Um, <laughs> but thanks for joining me. Hey, once again, music from the Jerry Cherry Band. Gotta love it. Um, just had to make sure I give that shout out there. But uh, we are exactly two weeks away from the 2021 NFL Draft. It's, I mean, everything is leading up to this. Yes, there was the the start of the league year and free agency. That's exciting. But some teams get involved. Some teams don't. Some teams are more. Some teams are less. Everybody has picks in the draft. Everybody has picks in the draft. So this is just a big deal. And for Steelers Nation, it's even more because you always know that the draft is how this team builds their franchise more than free agency. So the, so the draft's a big deal. The draft's a big deal. Um, don't know if anyone checked it out, but uh, Tuesday night on our YouTube channel, and it also went out on Facebook, um, I did my show with my brother, The Scobro Show, and we did a mock draft simulator as part of our show where we were discussing things and the live chat was joining in and we ran a mock draft. Um, if you didn't get a chance to check that out, make sure you go check it out. Now, some things happened in that draft that kind of 
things might be different, a little, little bit different now. Um, reportedly, the Steelers have signed Vince Williams back to the team. Um, I like it. I would really like to see what the contract is because there's, I mean, obviously there's no way it's going to be more than what he was <laughs> released at. So we'll see if that happened. There was um, some rumors with Avery Williamson, uh, you know, p- posting on Instagram a picture of him in his Steelers uniform and said more to come and added a Steelers logo to like his Twitter bio or background or something there. I should know. I wrote the article, but I really can't remember right now that um, very interesting with the, with, with there's, if these things are going on at linebacker position, because then once again, that's the Steelers knocking down needs in order to be able to draft whoever they feel is best to draft. I've said it a bunch of times and I didn't think with this year and the salary kept going down, it would hold as true as normal. But the Steelers, a lot of times, they draft for the following year. I mean, think about it. Last year, they took Chase Claypool because it looked like there was a good chance they weren't going to be able to retain Juju Smith-Schuster, but they didn't know. Then they took Alex Highsmith. He was that rotational guy, knowing that, hey, we might need a starter the following year if if we're not going to have Bud Dupree anymore. Um, Kevin Dotson played very well, but... It seemed like, you know, even though he might have possibly even been the Steelers' best offensive lineman last year, he couldn't get in the starting lineup without somebody else being injured because it's just how it was working out because they were drafting more for this year. Even Anthony McFarland, who was actually taken before Dotson in the draft, um, with him, he didn't get an awful lot of playing time last year. And you'll probably see more this year of if the Steelers plan to incorporate him or not, it's really hard to judge off that rookie year. And even though the Steelers had all their rookies for the first time, not all their rookies, all their entire draft class appeared in a regular season game for the Steelers for the first time in franchise history, that still none of these players were truly incorporated in because they had to be. The Steelers still had answers at wide receiver if the, if Chase Claypool wouldn't have been ready. Thank goodness he was. We're going to talk about that tonight. This is kind of the topic of our show. Um, Alex Highsmith, he was ready to step in when Bud Dupree went down and, and things of that nature. So tonight's topic is, I say tonight, sorry, today's topic. It depends on when you're listening to it. You listen to it at night, you listen to it day. I'm recording at night. I'm recording uh, Wednesday night for this to be able to go out Thursday morning. So if there's other news that's going on, it hasn't happened with me yet. So, but for, for today's topic, this was an email. It was actually sent to me before last week. And I was going to cover this some last week, but that was such a big topic when looking at that trying to break down uh, the best drafting team over the last, I guess, 21 drafts. Um, I, I wasn't going to be able to give this the time that it needed. And I love this question. So this question is coming from um, another Jeffrey with a G. This is from Jeffrey Harmon, not Hartman, Harmon. So, um, and this was emailed to me. And just so you know, stat geek questions, I'm looking for them all the time whether on Twitter or email, my Twitter is at STLR superfandad, And my email is STLR superfandad at gmail.com. 
please reach out to me if you have a good stats question. I'm always looking for them. I, I want to give you guys the stats you want to know. And here's what Jeffrey wanted to know. He said, by round, how many games does it take for a player to be fully integrated into the Steelers system? This was him talking about draft picks because he had, he had did some talk about draft picks earlier in the email by the time he got to this question. He says, I'm going to let you decide how to define fully integrated because he doesn't think just stats come in there. He used Chase Claypool as an example. Uh, if he does, you know, especially being at a wide receiver, you could you could start the game and mean nothing, which we'll talk about that, or you could not start the game and mean a whole lot based on the position. So he kind of wanted me to come up with when I felt like players were fully integrated. Okay. Um, he said, and he said, I won't say there's a causation based on draft position, but he's interested to see if there's a correlation. Honestly, yeah, there is. Um, let's set this up with how we're going to do it because obviously I have to figure out some parameters and everything else. I broke these down by round. I'm looking at first round picks versus second round picks versus third round picks. I'm also going back to the year 2012. So the question is, okay, why 2012? Easy, easy answer. And that's because on pro football reference, that is when they start snap counts. You can get player snap counts for games going back to 2012. And you're saying, oh, okay, that probably makes sense. Because what we're going to look at is whether a player started or not is one thing. But did you play? How much did you play? How, how much were you integrated? And what I was doing is I was looking at trends, and it's not the same for every position. It's so not the same for every position. Because, like, for an offensive lineman, chances are, um, if it's just if it's a regular game, you're probably going to play either no snaps or 100% of the snaps. It's just kind of how it works because they don't really sub in. I mean, if it's a blowout, they'll bring in guys. If you're one of those guys that comes in um, – um, like the Steelers jumbo tackle, you know, the or jumbo tight end, which is an extra tackle. That could be different. But for the most part, a lot of times, Kevin Dotson, he was either playing zero snaps or 100% of the snaps, unless he was coming in at mid-game when someone was injured. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at those since 2012. I'm going to look at it by week. I was looking at what week players started. Now, some of them I got to do a little bit of an explanation. And then I was looking at the snap counts when they really hit their stride of when they were playing a large majority of the snap counts. And I'm, I'm doing them all as percentage because the number doesn't really matter because you could play, you know, a player could play 40 snaps on in one game, and that's going to be 80% of the snaps. And they could play 40 snaps in a different game, but it's only 60% of the snaps. So I'm looking at at the percentage. So let's go round one um, because Steelers first round picks, they generally get integrated much faster. Now, does it necessarily mean week one? No, there are week one players that are in there. More of them, some more recently. Um, but I've said this before, the Steelers don't go into training camp expecting their their draft picks to be starters. The last time they did that, it was with Ryan Shazier and Kevin Colbert said it was a mistake. Personally, I think Shazier would have earned the job anyway. Um, so it didn't really matter. But that's, that's just how they, they do it. They have a plan in place in case they're not ready. But then you get players like 
TJ Watt, where you got to put him out there week one. He had obviously won the job. So let's get to this. If you look at, if, if you break it down year by year, David DeCastro was 2012. He's thrown out. He was injured. He was integrated pretty fast when he came back from injury, but because it was later on, it's just easier to not have it going because you could say, oh, well, he would have been integrated. Look how fast he was integrated when he came back. Well, was that because he knew the playbook better? It's because it's just too much of a variable being injured. I tossed him out. So then you look at the next week. The next week was Jarvis Jones, who actually started in week two of his rookie season. Um, It took him a little while um, to integrate because he's one that's tricky. I'm going to go ahead and give him the high numbers, the early numbers, because he started in week two, but then he also had some falling off. Um, his snap counts for his first five games percentage wise were 45% in week one. And then the week he started, he was up to 72%, but then he was down to 63, 67 and 57 after that. So he's kind of questionable, but for people that want to say that, oh, look, they get integrated quick. I'm going to give him higher marks. So I'm going to say week two, he was pretty much, he, he got the start and he was pretty much integrated. Uh, Ryan Shazier, he was week one. Uh, he started in week one. He played 88% of the snaps in week one. He played 93 in the in week two, but by week three, he missed he left the game early because of injury. And he was on and off injured um from that point on. I'm trying to remember. Um no, I don't think it was that season when when I'm trying to remember the game I was at where, where he got injured, but that's not important. The next one, 2015 was Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree. He took a long time to start, but but got integrated in as the rotational guy for um, for edge rusher uh, faster than when he started. He didn't start his rookie season until week 12, and he didn't really hit to where he got over 60% of the snaps on defense until week six. So that's where I'm going to put him for that. I'm going to say week 12 to start, and I'm going to say week six to where he was integrated into the system more in the role he was in. Okay, so moving on, Artie Burns, he didn't start till week nine, but he did play 85% of the snaps by week four. He went from 16% to 42% to 60% to 85%. So you could see that he was growing week by week, that uh, he was more integrated, that he was, I would say, more available to the Steelers come week four. Um, TJ Watt, he's going week one. Um, he started week one. He played 94% of the snaps week one. And in week two, he only played 31% because he got injured. Um, and then he missed week three. But then he was right back at it. Um, then 2018, Terrell Edmonds. This one is, I'm calling him a slash guy because he started in week one because Morgan Burnett was injured throughout training camp. But then week two, Morgan Burnett started and then got injured again. And then Edmonds was back to starting in week three. And starting from that point on. So he started in week one, but he didn't really continue starting until week three because he played 83% of the snaps in week one, 55 in week two, and then up to 100% of the snaps in week three. I think I, I think I averaged his weeks to say he was about a week two starter. And then I said he was integrated right off the bat playing 83% of the snaps. And then last but not least, the Steelers' last First round pick because they did not have one in 2020. And yes, we know it was basically Minka Fitzpatrick, but him playing in 2020 doesn't count as that because it it was his his, uh, third season in the league. Um, 
But in 2019, Devin Bush, he started week one. Um, but he was in and out starting. It all depended on the defense they started in. Um, but he played 76% of the snaps in week one, 79% week two. He played 100% of the snaps in week three. And that's where I said that I felt like the Steelers got him to the level that he was playing more. So what I did was I took all of those and I averaged them out for all the week one picks. Okay. By averaging them, not week one, round one picks. I want to say by what week were they on average, are they a starter? And in what week would you say they were fully acclimated? Um, and, and ready to go whether they started or not. And the way it worked out was, on average, first-round picks are ready to start by week four, on average. And they were fully acclimated. Because um, even if they started, sometimes they weren't as acclimated as much. But around, I had two and a half. So somewhere between week two and week three is when the Steelers, they ease them a little bit to start. And then they're they're pretty much ready to go um, by by week two or three. So that's how the first round works. Um, we're going to go ahead and see if we can and, and attack the second round here before we take a break, um, because we we do have one other thing we're going to look at other than this topic tonight. So let's go ahead and look at week two. With these, there we I keep saying week two. What am I doing? Come on, Stad Geek, you're better than this. Um, it's round two. Looking at the round at round two. Um, some of these didn't count because of injury, but going back to 2012, it was Mike Adams. He, he, his, his first start was in week seven and he was, he basically, um, got fully acclimated by week six, um, is when I wanted to say, cause he played like 67%, then two, then none, then 4%. And so he was kind of all over the place. So I, I averaged it out to where, you know, by week six, he was acclimated by week seven, he started. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, he was injured for his first three games. So I just tossed him out, um, just because you don't know what it would have been. Stefan Tuitt, he did not start until week 14. Okay. And he did not play more than 50% of the snaps until week 14. Okay. And so it was week 14. So that was really 13 games into the season. So uh, that's what was going there. And same with um, Mike Adams. I said he was six games into the season because it was week seven. They already had their bye that year. Uh, the following year was Senquez Golson, who never played for the Steelers ever. So I just threw him out because he was injured. Um, Sean Davis was interesting. He's a slash guy because he started in week one and then he didn't start again until week five. And then he started a big stretch of games in week starting in week eleven, so I averaged it out and said, "We'll we'll go with the middle one. We'll say by week five he was, you know, Brett more ready to be a starter. Although you could even argue it was eleven, and he played. He didn't he didn't play a bunch of snaps until week eleven. He played one hundred percent of the snaps. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster, he's an interesting one because he's a slash guy. I have him. He started in week one but he didn't really get started until week eight. Juju Smith-Schuster started in week one where he, they, they, they came out in a three wide receiver set. So he started the game. He did not have a target in that game and he did not play. I, I didn't even have it here in front of me because there were, it was so many um, that he didn't play an overabundance of snaps in that game. He just happened to get the start. So he kind of had to adjust that one a little bit. But by week three, he was playing 80% of the snaps on offense. So that's about how long it took him to get acclimated. Um, then we get somebody like the next one in James Washington. I, I have an asterisk next to him 
because James Washington started in week two and he was up to 80% of the snaps in week two, his rookie year. But then they backed him off. And he even had a couple games where he wasn't even active. So just because he got there didn't mean he stayed there. And that's kind of important, especially from round two on, that sometimes that's what happens. He was forced, if I try to remember, I don't know if it was because of an injury or whatnot, but he was he got more action by week two, but then he got less action after that. So that's a very interesting case. And then you have, of course, the great one, um, Chase Claypool. He technically didn't start until week five. And then he started again in week seven. And then he started again in week 13 and didn't start in those other games in between. But you know what? Doesn't always matter if you start, especially at wide receiver, because the Steelers come out on, you know, if they come out in the jumbo package on the first play of the game, you know, there's times when Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't start. There were times when, when back when Antonio Brown wouldn't, I mean, a lot of times, some of these guys, they had to, they had to run a specific formation just to, I'm sure, to make sure that Mr. Third and Fifth, Antonio Brown, got his start if you know what I mean. But so so that changes somewhat with the wide receivers, but I have the chase Claypool. He was acclimated by the third game because he played 76% of the snaps. So as you can see, when it comes to second round picks, all of the second round picks eventually started a game. This is going back to 2012, eventually started a game, their rookie season. And they, and they got acclimated a little bit later when I averaged everything out. Second round picks were starting, it averaged at 6.5. So between week six and seven is when they were starting and they were fully acclimated. It was it was 6.2, so around, around six weeks as well. So sometimes they were more acclimated, but they weren't even starting just because of the second round picks. So just to recap before we take our quick break is that um, when you're average, averaging it out for first round picks, Starting by week four, fully acclimated into the team, about two and a half weeks. Second round, six and a half um, starting and acclimated by six weeks. We're going to take a quick break now. We're going to come back and look at the third round. And you're going to see why we kind of stop after the third round, where I didn't go any farther than this. Um, and there's a good reason why. And then I have one other um, thing that was brought up um, on, on our Slack channel with uh, the BTSE staff that I, I kind of wanted to address. So uh, hold tight, uh, check out this commercial, and we'll be back very shortly. When my phone rang, she found someone new. It's no surprise how life It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we are back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, with this week's episode of Steelers Stat Geek. 
still Dave Schofield, still rolling through, still trying to answer the question from Jeffrey Harmon that wanted to know how quickly, on average, Steelers players get draft picks, get acclimated to the team. Um, like I said, there are those first round draft picks that are ready to go, you know, like a Ryan Shazier, like a TJ Watt, like a Devin Bush. Um, and like I said, Terrell Edmonds was kind of thrown into it due to injury. Um, if, if you wanted to count him as well, but not all of them are, but Dupree was not Artie Burns was not, that's just kind of how it works. So the average was, um, starting by week four acclimated by about two and a half weeks in on average, um, for first round picks, second round picks, it was starting, um, not until, not until at least week six and acclimated around week six. So let's look at the third round. Okay. Third round was really interesting. Um, because I'm a lot of them were N slash A. Seriously, because the Steelers had, uh, and when you look at all those picks, they had several several years where they had two third round picks. So you're talking about how many different players do we have there? Two, four, six, eight. I think there's 10 or 12. Two, four, six, eight. Yeah, 12 different players. Um, yeah, what am I saying? I have 12 written down right there. <laughs> Um, and how and how it worked out for him. Like going back to 2012, Sean Spence injured was what it was. Um, Marcus Wheaton never started his rookie season, but he did get up to 62% of the snaps by week 11. Okay. Dre Archer never started, never played significant snaps. Sammy Coates never started, never played a significant, uh, a, a significant amount of consistent snaps his rookie season. Javon Hargrave, this one's different. He technically started in week two. He was honestly really a week one starter, but it depends on what package they were starting in. And he was up to over 55% of the snaps by week five, which meant they might've been playing him at nose, but they might've been not using him as much in other roles, you know, keeping his snap counts, snap counts down until about week five of his rookie year. Then you've got um, James Conner, N.A. didn't start, didn't get significant snaps as a rookie. Um, Cam Sutton was injured for the first part of his rookie season. He did get a start late in the season. I do know that. Okay. Then you got Mason Rudolph. He wasn't even active. I mean, N.A. for both of his, not available. Um, then you had Chooks core four. He played 100% of the snaps and started in week 12, and that's basically the only significant playing time he got in the season. So you got, you know, it's, it's, that was just a one-time thing. So it's really hard to judge with that one. Um, but here's one that's a little bit, a little bit easier to go. Um, Deontay Johnson, he started in week three and he was up to 79% of the snaps by week three, but then you got Justin Lane. He didn't even play a defensive snap his rookie season. So no starts, no, no snaps. Um, and then last but not least, Alex Highsmith started in week 13 after Bud Dupree's injury, and he was up to 83% of the snaps in week 13, but he was more acclimated to being in the role he was asked to be in before that. So that was kind of makes it tough. So what I was looking at more with the third round is how many of the players even got to a point where you could say they were acclimated or, or, or uh, able to start. It was major fall off from round two to round three. So out of the 12 players, only four of the, of the Steelers last 12 third round picks started 
I, I didn't count Cam Sutton because of the injury. Um, because he started one game in there. Only four of them started. Only four that ever got to what you would call a starter. Okay. Um, so I basically I counted Chooks of Core four as a half and Cam Sutton as a half because each started one game. Um, four out of, only four out of twelve got to where they were um you could feel like they were really incorporated and contributing in a in a consistent way. Um, and out of those four, you know, the earliest one was Deontay Johnson in week three and, J- and J- Javon Hargrave in week five. Other than that, it was Marcus Wheaton in week 11 and Alex Highsmith in week 13. So this to me was extremely telling that once you get out of the first two rounds, third rounds kind of hit or miss if they're going to really get involved with the team, their rookie season. I mean, when you look at all those names of players, they were on the team, but they didn't, they weren't really incorporated or started all. I mean, like the Dree Archers, Marcus Wheaton didn't start, Tammy Coates. I mean, that's a really important thing of note. So once you get to the third round, there's no, it's probably less than 50% that they're going to be integrated into the Steelers at all their rookie season. So I didn't even keep going after the third round because if it was that much in the third, it was going to even fall off even more in the fourth. So really what's to look at when you want to look at the Steelers draft coming up, look at their first round pick, look at their second round pick. And those are guys that you can see that they're going to hopefully, and a lot of this depends on position, find a role and get incorporated this year. Chances are the first round pick is going to be Early, first couple weeks, if not week one, soon. Okay. And then the second round pick is eventually, but I mean, all of them have since 2012 at some point, but um, it, it, you're just, you can't say for sure, but most likely they will. Third round, if they do, it's great because they're actually bucking the trend, which I found pretty interesting. So there you go. That's to answer the question of what I deemed of players getting incorporated into the system. Now, I was going to answer another question here real quick at the end, but just because it's kind of interesting, but I have to give a disclaimer with my numbers when I go to say them. The question is this. There's going to be some teams that should be more active in free agency between now and the draft. You're like, okay. Like, especially if you're talking free agency of signing a player with a significant contract, um, meaning more than $2 million. I had an article that ran Wednesday afternoon about James Conner and the compensatory formula and how right now he would not qualify to be a compensatory loss. He would have to play a very large amount of snaps in order to qualify. Another thing's going to be he's on the edge but as of right now, he he's not. So this is actually taking this into consideration that I, I looked up and said, what teams would be in the market for free agents right now? Because grabbing them now, pretty good idea. Now, my disclaimer is I looked up these numbers on Tuesday night. So things have even changed on Wednesday, let alone by the time you're listening to this. And I'll, I'll get to that there. But I looked it up to get all my numbers prepared then. And then, of course, you know, things change. These numbers come from overthecap.com. And for all I know, the numbers I looked up on Tuesday night, they still might have not even been updated from the day before. So 
it's pretty interesting. But what I looked at was what teams are already not in line for any comp picks because they've already had more gains than losses. So therefore, they're not trying to save their comp picks. And do these teams have a significant amount of salary cap space? Or I said at least $10 million. So that's what I came up with to say what teams could be in the market for bigger priced free agents still between now and the draft. And there were, I came up with eight teams, a quarter of the league, and I'm going to, I'm going to count them down in reverse order. Although I have to tell you something about one of them. Okay. Number eight was the Houston Texans. They're actually have, they've already signed seven more players than what they've lost. So there you have no chance at a comp pick. But they're only sitting at ten point four million over uh, underneath the cap right now, so it's not like they have a ton of space. But they did qualify, so they were eight. Number seven was Cleveland because they were even in the compensatory formula, and they had thirteen point three million in cap space. And then they reportedly today signed um, Devion Clowney, so that's why they were able to make that move. So that's kind of my little disclaimer with this one. I came up with this list before that signing, and like, oh, that makes sense why they signed. They weren't going to get any comp picks anyway, so it wasn't hurting anything. And of course, you know, you have street free agents that are unrestricted, aren't unrestricted free agents that wouldn't count anyway. So you could still look look to grab those. But these are the teams that have the most freedom. Okay, six was um, New England. They're all re- they've already signed six more players than they've lost, and they're sitting with um, thirteen point five million in cap space. Five was the Carolina Panthers. They are they are already they've already signed four more players than lost, and they have sixteen million in cap space. Four, the Washington Football Team. They've signed one more player than what they've lost, and they are sitting at just under eighteen million dollars in cap space. Um, third was the New York Jets. They've all, they have one more player gained than what they've lost. They've got twenty five million dollars. They could be a team that could go out there and 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 uh, throw some money around if they want to. Number two was the Denver Broncos. They are even right now. They've they have the same number of losses and, and gains in the compensatory formula, and they've got twenty seven point two million dollars sitting there uh, where they could do something with it. And last but not least where they have gained eight players more than what they have lost and sitting with a whopping $39.5 million in cap space and also having the number one pick in the NFL draft is the Jacksonville Jaguars. So those are teams that could still be in the market to make some moves. Uh, The Steelers would be better off if they're going to sign someone significant um, that's an unrestricted free agent. They might be better off waiting in order to, to, to get their comp picks. Once the Monday after the draft hits, Anybody that signed then doesn't count in the compensatory formula. That's just how it works. So uh, chances are if a player is still available, it's there's they could possibly even still be available by then. So that that's those teams. Um a lot of AFC teams, a lot of AFC teams. Only the the only NFC teams were Washington and Carolina. So um Really interesting to see if there's any kind of movement going on here in the next uh, in the next two weeks before the draft. But uh, chances are that's not the Steelers, so let's not worry about it that much. So hopefully you learned something this morning. Hopefully uh, I did justice with trying to figure out how quickly these things are incorporating. Hopefully my microphone is not picking up my dog barking in the background, but if it is, that that is such is life. So um, I. 
looking forward to the draft. Please give me those questions if you have any. STLRSuperfanDad at gmail.com or on Twitter at STLRSuperfanDad. Thanks for checking us out. And as I always say, thanks for peeking out. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.